Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. This is show number 153 and this week, well it's a sequel show isn't it? Because last week uh, we were all doing our equivalent of, uh, what's that movie where they all run around in the woods with just a torch? Happening in the woods? Blair Witch horror, Project? Horror movie, Blair Witch. Yeah, thank you. Yes, Blair, Blair, right. right. So last last week was Blair Witch 1. This week is, oh my God, we've got the results week. <laughs> the results of Blair Witch. <laughs> the results of Blair Witch. Yes. So, um, yeah, so this is going to be a bit of fun. So uh, all three of us here, as you can probably hear already. Uh, Graham, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. It feels like, uh, you know, some weeks you feel like you've done nothing photography it feels like this last week i spent tons i mean we had the great fun on monday i went out shooting with nasa on wednesday shooting four by five around oxford and over the weekend i've been doing loads of developing and mucking around with cyanotypes and just it's been a busy busy week but it's been great fun cool and rach how are you doing I'm good, thank you. I uh, I actually had a bit of a, a day off today it's, uh, in the UK. It's a bank holiday today, and my usual reaction is, oh, it was a bank holiday last week. I didn't know, <laughs> um, because I'm usually just sort of working straight through, to be honest. So it's been really nice. I um, got to spend a little bit of time with Marcy, my dog, and um, went out and uh, met a couple of friends who were up from down south um, for some brunch, which was lovely. And I had a stack of pancakes, so happy days. <laughs> Excellent. After Good the job. pancakes, I then did lots of scanning of the photos that we're going to talk about. So yeah. Well, that's good. That's good because that's that, that's that is the show this week. Yeah. <laughs> Very glad you've done that. Yeah. <laughs> so I okay. So I haven't had any pancakes, but I have actually been shooting myself. So I I've just, I've just put three rolls of film in a in an envelope to to send off to the lab in the morning. So um, I even did some shooting of people uh, today. It was our village fair today, so I I, I shot a whole roll of thirty six exposures. Oh. Uh, Except not in the right camera. Oh, no. <laughs> oh like you cheap shots camera. Dude. No. So, so, but there you go. It's practice, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's, uh, uh, so, but, but yeah, it's, um, I, I went out and um, all the good people of my uh, locale out, out on the village wreck uh, at the fair. And there's all sorts of stalls and barbecue and ice creams and ro- uh, I say rides for the kids, more like inflatable slides and bouncy castles and stuff like that. So so that was all right. That was good fun. Yeah. Um, the the May Day bank holiday. Is it May Day or Whitsun bank holiday weekend? It's Whitsun this week, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. If you're in the UK, man, that is fishing barrel time when it comes to taking pictures. It is also Britain at its most British from the outside view. So over, over the last um, three days, on Saturday night, uh, we went to uh, this thing in our village in Bampton called the Shirt Race, which is where um, people... <laughs> the what? The Shirt <laughs> Race. I don't know why it's called the Shirt Race. Is that because you haven't got a hill to roll your cheese down? Yeah, pretty much. So the Shirt Race is where people get dressed up in all sorts of crazy costumes and push around carts in a race where they have to stop every so many hundred yards and drink half a pint of beer. So that was Saturday night. Um, today in Bampton, it th- like there's been Morris dancing going on all day for teams of Morris dancers dancing from 8.30 in the morning until I don't know when at night 9 o'clock at night pretty much I think um, so that, that cannot be the correct terminology 
Well, they are not called a team of Morris dancers. That's absolute. That's not what it Sorry. is at all. A, sure. a murder of Morris dancers. We're going. Uh, Isn't that crows? <laughs> oh well, whatever. Um, and troop. A troop. troop. Okay, a troop of Morris dancers were Morrising, uh, <laughs> and uh, I went to about an hour of this um, because I, I was supporting um, Sinead Sunwill, who's part of one of the troops um and then after that i took my boys to a village not far away we went to a duck race which is and this thing was huge it, this is in a village called south cerny which apparently there's a tv program set in there now called country life or something i don't know anyway apparently it's a kind of comedy documentary thing about this little village and there were thousands of people there to to essentially watch a load of rubber ducks be put in a stream at one end and, and see which one gets to the other end first. It's, <laughs> you know, we have one. We have one of those. Do you know what? I've never been ever. Where do you two live? Um, this is so random. Do you not have I a mean, duck race? No. So the, the, the problem is, is your river's a bit wider than ours. It our is. river's our river's about ten feet wide, right? Yeah. Your river's about a mile wide. Yeah, the Mersey's a little bit bigger, probably. And I'm sure you know there are plenty of rubber ducks floating down it at any one time, but it's not organised <laughs> no. as a spectator sport. Um, this is so random. It's very Middle England. Yeah, it really is. Wow. Yeah, um, but I, it did. Yeah. Not- I was bright enough, at least, to take out my cheap shots camera and get some pictures with that. So, I mean, they'll probably be garbage, but at least I've got some garbage pictures for that. So I'm one I ahead of you guys. Too. No, I took my cheap shots uh, challenge camera out too today. On my on my dash into town to go and get pancakes and meet friends, I was like just firing off shots left, right and centre. That's Great. fantastic. But you haven't got your cheap <laughs> shots rolling there yet, have you, Rach? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I was hoping you were going to ask me that. <laughs> Never mind, never mind. Um, so yeah, it's been a busy old week for all of us. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, yeah, good, right. And and uh, and right now, then, uh, probably should dive straight in, shouldn't we, to uh, to the results of our uh, of, of our assignment, assignment. our one hour assi- one hour assignment last week. So quick quick recap, uh, very quick recap. Graham set us an assignment, which was to do an hour uh, and come up with something. There was no theme as such. It was just you know, let's get out there, let's shoot and and see what we can find in an hour. And there was a theme, Gra- aid. There was a theme. Theme was, was panic. <laughs> <laughs> very good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. Um, you know, there was a bit of a rush job going on at my end, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, well, and and I, I'm I'm not going to be the one to say whether I came up with the goods or not, because you guys uh, can say that, and of course our listeners as well. You know, listeners, if you would like to uh, feedback on Twitter or Instagram, that my photos are the best. Uh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> Um, don't pander to Graham. No, it'll only go to his head. <laughs> I think we're on fairly safe ground there. <laughs> my exciting shots of my village walk are not going to garner any great woos, I don't think. But they will all be up on the website by the time this episode goes out. They will all be up there. So if you go to the Sunny Sixteen Podcast dot com site, and um, there'll be a tab on there marked assignment. Um, just look yeah. there. They'll be there. To be to be fair, I think that. It wasn't really about that either, was it? That's that's kind of like the whole point of us going and doing the assignment. It wasn't about them being fantastic shots or what you know that kind of thing. It was it was simply that idea of actually we're always talking about the fact that we don't have enough time to go and shoot. So let's take the hour that we would have been recording the podcast and just go and shoot during that hour instead. So yeah, 
yeah and and it for me it worked a treat i really enjoyed it um and i'm very happy to to be here and chatting about our results um who wants to go first i think you should uh... yeah that was a great lead-in <laughs> hey <laughs> no no i'm i was setting it up <laughs> <laughs> and then you got set up so i think hey, i think starting with yours actually makes the most sense because i think we get a lot of people saying to us oh i love it when they talks about lights i find it really educational and i'd love to hear more of that and i think your photos and kind of the journey that you went on that we got to hear in little <laughs> micro snippets of like ah um as how you went through would be really interesting so um i said you've got all of your pictures on here um all 10 of them and um so can you just kind of talk us through how your hour went Okay, all right. So, um, as you say, 10, ten photos, um, and uh, those ten or the ten exposures, let's say, <laughs> maybe two, maybe two or three actual photos, um, in the sense that you know something came out that was intended. Um, so, well, okay. So, so uh, the the setup was started out quite simply. I I have a uh, Lomography Instant Square camera. Uh, and I thought I'm going to go with this, and because we're shooting in the evening, I'm going to use speed lights. Uh, so the first thing was to to get some kit together. Essentially, uh, you know, filming the camera that's fairly straightforward. Uh, batteries in the camera also fairly straightforward. Luckily, I had some spares, uh, and uh, then it was a light, and I just started with one light stand, uh, one speed light, and a bounce umbrella. Uh, so uh, an umbrella that I shoot into and the light bounces out um, and uh, that just that was my starting position um, and uh, in terms of location really all I was going for was a, a, is, is a couple of places in my back garden now my back garden isn't big uh, but it's amazing what you can do in a pinch <laughs> um and uh so you know i I was able to turn that into two separate locations um uh, as as people who look at the images will see so first off the thing is is to get is to make sure everything's firing and happily i didn't have any bother on that so um uh, my my camera has no hot shoe so how do you trigger a flash um well in this case uh the camera has a little flash built into it uh, and so I put my speed light on the stand in slave mode. And then every time I made an exposure, it triggered the speed light on the stand. Um, that was fairly reliable because it was it, there wasn't a lot of ambient light. So the, the small flash on my camera was quite quite noticeable to the to the slave unit in the speed light you try and do that on the beach in the middle of summer uh it it's unlikely to work consistently uh but because it was twilight uh i knew i was on fairly safe ground uh, and from then on uh, so with, with those as the mechanics if you like it was just a question of dialing it in from that point um so if we go to uh, and my photographs are helpfully numbered one to ten so if we go to number one seeing as you want to talk through the process um uh, right okay so as you can see the, the one of the defining fo- uh, characteristics of this image is it's completely out of focus <laughs> i thought your face was just that smooth naturally <laughs> it is yeah that's not my face um, <laughs> so uh so yeah okay so let's look at technical challenge number one uh the image is is quite out of focus right okay so we'll come back to that in a minute technical number challenge number two uh that my face is almost featureless although the greenery around me is actually not badly lit uh 
Hey, can I ask a very quick question about your features on in this particular <laughs> image? Is it because is it because of the exposure? Obviously, which I'm sure you'll talk about, or is it actually when you look at the the physical print? Can you see your eyes? It, because I've had this happen before when scanning instant uh, film, and if you have it set to um, just removal on Ep- on the Epson. Uh, one occasionally it can just like get rid of your you know even if it's that tiny little dot that in the physical form you can see and it's like oh yeah that makes sense and then when you scan it they just disappear entirely because they think they're dust (laughs) all right no fair point uh so fair question i should say um yeah so this is actually uh, a fault with the exposure itself uh i don't scan using a flatbed scanner uh Ah, for instax stuff i use on my phone i have a a app called google photo scan um which actually does quite a good job um although uh one of the issues you have is that because instax is so glossy mm-hmm. um you do have to make sure that there are no reflections mm, uh yeah. over, over it so you can't just stick it on the tabletop or something like that and 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 then photograph it with your phone uh what you have to do is you have to have a place that is high in ambient light but then you have to have something that's dark and non-reflective um, that's that's only about six or eight inches above the image. Mm. And so so you don't get any reflections on it. Um, I, I was struggling with that um, because I don't have anything big and dark and, and non-reflective. Uh, I eventually did. I found a, a box file, you know, with, with, that I used mm-hmm. to keep receipts in and stuff like that. That's black. And so that's got black and a matte sort of cloth, almost cloth finish uh, and just held that over. Uh, the image with one hand and put my phone underneath it so the phone could take the photos um, right. um but no this is not uh this is actually re- these these scans i'll show you are reasonably true i think mm. there's a bit of a lack of resolution um from, from what's actually on the images uh the camera i use actually has a glass lens i think um and actually it can come out quite sharp and and there are some uh, that are in focus so we'll come on to that in a bit <laughs> Um, but broad, broadly speaking, um, what we've got here is um, I know that the camera in in the dark will be shooting at f10. I think that camera has two f-stops. You can't choose them, uh, but because it's dark, uh, it'll be reading. It'll use its its wider aperture, which is f10. So I just metered for about f10 using mm-hmm. uh, using a digital camera. Um, what the whiteness is actually, I believe is uh the fact that it's blown out my face completely and and much of my trousers as well um is uh, uh, they're still there they're still there they're just blown (laughs) blown out a bit yeah um is uh that that the film itself does not have a massive dynamic range Mm. um especially when it comes to skin tones so so a lot of what i've experienced in these 10 shots is actually trying to dial in the skin tones without losing the background and you'll see that i was only partially successful um but this so so we'll move on because this is this is not the best shot that i took <laughs> it's quite it's quite terrifying though you do look like the faceless man um so from a horror point Listen. of view 10 out of 10 i yeah, do really yeah. like the composition though it's very cool you know, you're really using your like rule of thirds and things there and it's weighted in in an interesting area and and i like the fact that you've got um areas of the background around you that you've got detail in you know you can see that there's a hedge there which is nice yes well thank, thank you so so that last one i'll claim some credit for the rest of it is entirely accidental but thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay right number two number two 
so uh, this one <laughs> is better dialed in. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> better di- um, so this one's in focus. Look. So, it is. So um, the camera I have has zone focusing. It has three zones. It has very close portrait distance or um, infinity. Um, and the portrait distance is one to two and a half meters. So what I did is I got the tripod. By the way, these are all shot with a 10 second self timer. Um, I, I got the tripod, put it about two meters from where I was going to be in this in this first couple of shots, crouched down and uh, and you know set the timer and ran and got in position. Um, this one, as you can see, uh, the light is much better dialed in for skin tones, but I've lost everything else. <laughs> your face, your your quite cross-looking face, floating in the it, dark. That was yeah. what I was chuckling at. It's yes, the expression, you... <laughs> which is lovely, aid. Um, okay. But it also does give us the. Um, you can see that you're wearing your glasses, which might not have helped in the first one because it could have been caught on the reflection as well, which would have just got rid of them entirely. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, well, let's move on to the next one, which I'm sure will give you a giggle as well. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Okay, so here the exposure's uh, a bit better. Um, uh, the composition is edgy in the sense that I'm right near the edge. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the composition. In this one. I quite like. Uh, do you know? What? I actually quite like this one. Right. Yeah. Strong um, use of negative space. Yes. Yeah, yes. Because I failed to light the negative space. <laughs> there is. This is the same. By the way, this is the same. Broadly speaking, the same composition. In the, I mean, I moved the camera a little bit closer um, uh, to the greenery in the background, but the, the all of this is the difference in exposing for skin tones rather than background. All all of that is the difference. And so, as I say, this this is what was causing me, you know, the technical challenge, which was to dial it all in. Um, so uh, number four then is ah. a bit better dialed in mm. um yeah. sort of um you know so we're getting there now we can see that actually it's not i'm not just an a disembodied head <laughs> and uh there are features and yes there there are features um and and my green background has come back again uh, so, so between between like the, the previous two pictures and this one what what adjustments so like the previous two pictures your face is properly exposed more or less a bit dark but you, but everything else is black so what settings are you adjusting from those pictures to the next one is it a case of adjusting the settings on the flash are you moving equipment closer what are you doing so that's uh, good good question so um uh, essentially what I'm doing is moving the light stand a little bit backwards and a little bit forwards and letting the inverse square law do the rest. The The reason for that is that my flashes, I, I had two just, uh, to, to, just in case one didn't fire, you know, so it, in the umbrella, but they were both on the lowest possible power, 128th power. Um, and so really I couldn't go any lower. I just had to move the light further away. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, and of course you can't play with any of the settings on the camera either it's f10 right can't do anything mm-hmm. about that it's 800 iso film mm-hmm. uh you can't do anything about that shutter speed of course doesn't play a part uh in the exposure for flash so so that's irrelevant so i've got nowhere to go basically apart from moving the lights backwards and forwards moving the uh, you know, the the relative distance or the distance between me and and the light is the thing that is pl- i'm playing with here um one of the things i did do um here for this shot is i moved much closer to the background 
So mm. I dialed down the lights from when I nuked myself in the first image and got the skin exposure right. Um, and then what I did as I moved the whole lot, the lights closer to the background and moved me. I'm, I mean, I'm pra- it doesn't quite look like it, but I'm practically in that green area. You're in the quite, hedge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, actually it's, not, it's not a hedge, actually. It's really useful. So it, it's, it's part of the fencing in my back garden, which has an ivy growing on it. And it gives this really sort of vertical curtain of green. It's really nice uh, as a backdrop for photos. Um, and uh, it, it just because it's not it doesn't grow outwards. It just sort of grows droopy. And so the, the back ground is fairly flat um uh so it's uh yeah so i've moved the lights so the lights are now much closer to the greenery so they're on their lower level setting much closer to the greenery and i've got in and i'm practically in the greenery as well uh except that uh i'm a little too close to the light so i've got i've got some almost rembrandt lighting there in the sense mm-hmm. that i've got a little bit of light on the on the side of my nose that's away so that was that was all right almost almost an orthodox shot <laughs> And so in this picture, as we're looking at you straight on, Aid, so you've obviously got a strong light on your right-hand side that's overexposed like there. And have you got another light on the left-hand side as well? Um, or is that just a flash not, from the camera that's illuminated your face off, from the left-hand side? So, yeah. no, the next... So this is one light. Uh, okay. or, yeah, as you say, my right, the cam- camera left, up, up high, not too high, but up high, higher than me anyway. Uh, and that and, and this is when I realized uh, that I needed another light because <laughs> I couldn't get the balance I was looking for. Um, I couldn't do the background and my face. So the next one, which I think is number five. Oh, yeah. Who's that handsome chap? <laughs> now, that's the two light shot. So the, the, the same light is off up to the top of camera left although I'm a bit further away from it this time mm-hmm. so it's not so it's it's got my skin tone exposed reasonably well and then as you can probably guess the up up be up to the right off camera right there is another light which is lighting the background it's kind of slightly overlit the background but it's also given a, a much lighter edge to the the left hand side of my face so uh, uh, I I wreck it. So five shots in and a lot of tinkering and a lot of running around the garden. <laughs> and recording think, ten second. Oh my god! I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, and a bit of that too. Yeah, a bit of that too. I finally got a shot where I was actually happy with the exposure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, so this this was the end result of this setup, right? So so I'll ask you guys at this point, how did I do? I think it's great. I think yeah. that's fantastic, and it's really interesting seeing the process. Having been through the what you went through this time to get that shot, I'm going to be really interested to hear whether it helped you more getting the next one, or whether it was a case of no back to square one. You know, are, are there any shortcuts you can get by what you learned from this? Uh, good, good question. Well, as I think I said on the show last week, um, I was uh, using a digital camera uh, to check roughly where I was, where where I was, right? Mm. Because of course the Instax stuff is, you know, I don't know a pound a shot or something like that, and I didn't have that much of it. So I was trying to dial. I was trying to dial in using a digital camera, and uh, and really all I was doing um, is I had uh, I had my Instax camera on a tripod, and the top of my Instax camera. Is flat so i just rested a digital camera with a little flash <laughs> on top of it uh and, and use that to check the exposure 
Mm-hmm. And that and so that helped me dial it in. What it didn't do though is uh, the reason it took me five shots to get the Instax dialed in is that the digital camera has much more dynamic range, and so I wasn't getting everything blown out of the skin tones uh, uh, or losing the background on the digital camera. The digital camera was able to capture much much more information. It's funny that, isn't it? Because normally it's the absolute like it's the opposite. The film has a massive dynamic range. And digital doesn't have as much usually. Yeah, so, well, I mean, if this had been HP five or Portra yeah. or something like that, I mean, yeah. I yeah, but the the very different situation with the, the different format, isn't it? It is. It is. It's a real technical challenge. Actually, it's one mm-hmm. I quite enjoy, but it's also quite a technical challenge. So yeah, so so this this is the result. This was shot number one, if you like, although it's the fifth exposure. <laughs> And then we start again from scratch to answer Graham's question. <laughs> so back to on to number six. Otherwise, we'll just be talking about me all night. Right. OK. Man with shed. I think we'll call this one. <laughs> Elsewhere in my garden, about six, literally about six feet away. <laughs> there is a shed. Um, uh, and I thought, you know what? I'll do the whole, you know, Englishman's home is his castle shot. <laughs> Again, I really like the composition with this. Like, I love it. It, it feels like such a a story in a frame. You know, I really enjoy that. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Um, I, 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 uh, I, this this one I came with, up with on the fly. The the ivy I've actually used as a backdrop in the past, so that was a safe place to start mm-hmm. for me. Um, although I don't think I've ever done it with Instax before. I've had it before where I've mounted speed lights inside the Ivy and then lit somebody from the front with a softer light. So it's, you've got a kind of rock star shot with lights coming from behind and then, but, but their faces are lit. Mm. Uh, and that's quite an effective one. Uh, although the number of times the speed lights drop out of the Ivy onto the floor is, is, <laughs> is annoying. It's one of the reasons I need to use cheap Chinese speed lights. Um, so uh, this one, okay, this one, same setup. So this is the same umbrella um on the same light stand can you guess where it is <laughs> i'm guessing it's t- uh yeah off to your left <laughs> yeah it's, um, it's ca- camera right yes i, I yeah. just out a shot camera right peering over that little trellis fence there yeah. that you can see on the far right of the image no I, I actually didn't notice this until afterwards but i picked up some ambient light in the sky on this one i love that ambient light in the sky that's what i mean it feels that really um, makes it feel quite um, cinematic almost, you know, like storytelling and fairy tale and what have you, with just that little sliver of blue in the sky. It's great. Yeah, I quite liked that, actually. I quite, I was quite pleased with that. But as you can see, um, I've got the exposure all wrong again and I've completely blown out my face. So uh, <laughs> it's one of the... Yeah, you know, the the test shots I did with this, by the way, um, worked fine on the digital camera. Yeah, uh, but the okay. shed looks great. Like literally just behind <laughs> you, the exposure on the shed. Is yeah, the shed uh, is well, I'm really glad great. you should say that because you'll you'll see why I say. It. I'm glad in in a minute. Right, so number seven is the second attempt at that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'd moved it around, jiggled it about a bit, um, looked at that and thought, you know what, I really wish I could I could light the shed better. So I got my second light and put it, um, the, the bush to my left, um, mm-hmm. I, I tried to put it there, but it was just having too much of an effect. It was blowing everything out. Um, so I, I had to stick with the one light at this mm-hmm. one. Uh, so, so that, and then uh, it's still got a bit of blue there. And as you can see, it was getting darker and darker mm-hmm. as I tried my shots because mm-hmm. the next shot, number eight, uh, oh, <laughs> all the blue is gone so i think of the three of these which are broadly the same i think i prefer number seven um because it's not blown out my face completely although it has almost uh, and it's still got a little bit of color in the sky 
Um, number eight, the colour in the sky is gone. Um, and it yeah. does lose, you're right, Rach, it does lose something because it feels like it's sort of just set in the middle of nowhere then, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Um, so we won't say, won't say too much about number eight because this is three examples of the same shot just trying to dial it in. Um, number nine is a lovely photo of my shed. <laughs> <laughs> Which I took by accident. Oh, is that the accidental one? <laughs> this is an accidental one because I set it all up. I was ready to do my next shot and everything was groovy. And I forgot to press the self-timer button before oh. I pressed the shutter button. So I pressed the shutter button all ready to run around to get in the shot. And it just went... <laughs> you like... <laughs> so there we go. A perfectly lit photograph of my shed. I really like that one. <laughs> You know, you can't candidate for the best shot of the evening, even though it's the only one without me in it. <laughs> possibly because. And then uh, last, but uh, definitely not least, um, I finally got the skin tines dialed in on the shed shot. Yeah, you nailed it. You know what this picture reminds me of? Uh, Holly from Red Dwarf. <laughs> it's <laughs> this Just flo- floating, floating face. face in the middle of darkness. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, there's a little bit more than that in this one. It's not quite as bad as some fingers. of the earlier ones. You can see some fingers. Yes, you can see that. That you can see the fence. Um, you can see just the outline of the shared roof, um, but but not really. I, I think if I'd had eleven or twelve shots, what I would have done it, and time because this one I took on the hour. Um, I think if I, the next step would have been to go and get that second light. Um, and bring it back in. And if I couldn't do it with a speed light, I might have gone and got an LED light uh, mm-hmm. and, and tr- tried to light it that way and see if I could get something, you know, some more light into the shed and a bit of an edge light on on me. Um, I'd have tried, or, or probably a speed light with 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 something over it, you know, to to, to take another couple of stops off it because even at the lowest power, the speed light was too much. Um, or you, put it miles away. I'd have had to go into the field next door and and put it in, put it in the field to get it further see, away. The other thing is you, you've got nothing to bounce it off, have you? So it's not like you can because if you're just shooting it straight up into the sky, it's just disappearing up into the sky. Yeah, you have to shoot it at the shed, yeah. um, and so that was the problem. Yeah, because you can't diffuse what, by bouncing. Yeah. No, what you can't see is that where I am, only about four feet behind me, is the back of my garden, and I would literally have had to go into the field next door to get it far enough away to. <laughs> to make it balance out but that is that that is the next that is the next technical challenge i i got the bit between my teeth now with it i want to get this shot right okay. um i was almost there right i've done most of the variables as you, yeah. as, as i think i've demonstrated yeah. i haven't quite got there as i think i've almost demonstrate also demonstrated <laughs> but i had fun doing it do you think it was made harder? And this is kind of a more general question, I guess, for for flash photography, especially at night. Um, the fact that you were wearing a black top does that make balancing the light on your face and making you not appear like a floating head more tricky? Um, yes and no. Uh, it, it's actually blue rather than black. I think it shows up in one of the photos. Um, the uh, I, I think. The, the issue I had there, which I did, just didn't have time to think through, is that effectively the trellis fence is acting as a flag. So I checked that. So I had to put my light stand up to about nine feet high, as high as it could go. So I could check. I was standing there and I was looking over the top of that trellis fence to see that I could see the full umbrella. Right. So I knew I was going to get my face lit. What I didn't have the time to work through 
was, uh, and I didn't even notice it at the time, to be honest, because of the, the time pressure, is that the fence was acting as a flag and so no light was hitting me below my neck, basically, which is why I am, again, a floating head. Um, so uh, in in it, with more time and, and more uh, ability to move things around, I would have done things slightly different. You know, again, I could put an LED light perhaps on my side of that fence just to give a little bit of light into my body. Mm. Um, although there's no guarantee that that would work because, of course, the light output from an LED light is much, much lower than a light output from uh, flash. Even from when flash. it's lowest, yeah. yeah, so, so it's 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 tricky. Um, it's difficult to know quite how I would uh, have done it. And, and certainly I didn't have enough time to do it. I mean, given another half hour on this shot, I could probably, and, and given the, the where I know I've got to, I could probably get this right. I could probably light my body. I could light the shed and I could light my face to a sensible amount. Hmm. Um, I know how to do it now. I just ran out of time and film. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, well, let's, like, if... If maybe and maybe in the future this if will become an actual thing, you get another hour, you get another pack of Instax, and you decide broadly speaking, okay, I'm gonna shoot portraits with this. When you go into setup mode, first off, like, what are the things that you would do completely differently to to enable you to get more, not necessarily repeat the same shots um, and nail those, but like, what would you do differently this time? Would you use a digital camera again as your light meter, or would you get the flash meter out? Um, you said about using the LED lights and stuff like that. Are there other things that you think you could just go? Okay, if I approach this differently, I would have got more than two, you know, shots that I liked out of this pack. Uh, that's a good question, and I think I can think of two things I would do differently off the top of my head. Um, firstly, um, I need to think more like a cinematographer, right? By which I mean light the set first. And then light the subject. Mm-hmm. So this process I went through was all, you know, I was very focused on getting the exposure right on me because it was a photograph of me. right? Um, uh, and then trying to dial in the background. I think I did that the wrong way around. Uh, and then the second thing uh, I would do differently is that I would start off na- now having gone through the the experiment uh, and understanding that my face is, is a lot brighter than the greenery in the background understanding that actually because of the dy- that the the lack of dynamic range in the film I would need to light those two things separately um, uh, and not try to do it all in one like where I wasted you know, half my time and half my film trying to light with one light. Mm. I should, you know, I should recognize uh, next time I would recognize the limitations of the film and try to light the different parts of the shot separately, which means I would need to provide, probably would have an impact on, uh, uh, on composition. So for example, this, these last shots of me by the shed, probably I would have come out and stood maybe and leaned against the trellis rather than leaning against the shed. Then I could light me without lighting the trellis and I could light the shed without the spill spilling onto me. And then you'd have separation of the subject in the background. You'd have them lit separately, both lit to within the dynamic range of the film. And then you'd have the shot. Yeah. Um, given the limited time and the limited number of shots, do you think with the fairly complex nature of what you're doing and the fact that it requires a certain amount of experimenting trial and error, would it have been best to 
pick a scene, get that scene, and then work that scene more, you know, do different poses within that scene rather than what you did with this one, which was do the one shot, get that one nailed, and then move to a different one and have to start all over again. Uh, it depends. So it, it, there's a whole bunch to unpick there because I think you said this last week as well that that using artificial light made it more complex, and I just don't work that. I don't see it that way. For me, using artificial light makes it a lot easier because yeah, I mean you had to suffer an amazingly tra- majorly challenging variable right in your hour long assignment, which was that light was different for every single shot that you took. Um, I didn't have any bother with that at all because the, I was choosing what the light was. Mm. So for me, you know, and I know this is very, very subjective because I've spent years being really interested in this stuff right, <laughs> and practicing it. So I know that not everybody has had that opportunity. Um, but, you know, for me, this that 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 was that was easier as as to the, the two sets. Well, I started off with something that I was reasonably comfortable with and back at shot five. I know I I say I nailed the exposure. I'm pretty I'm pretty pleased with that as mm. an exposure on the instance. Yeah. I'm yeah. very pleased with that. Right? You can you can you know, um, the uh, I, I like what I achieved there with the lighting. Um, uh, I think I, I probably just with the um, you know shot nine uh, perfectly lit the shed. Mm. Um, <laughs> as Rach was kind enough to point out. <laughs> I'm still looking at that one. That's the one I have up on screen. <laughs> <laughs> not the ones with me in rage no I like this one, and then though. so so i think i i i, I, I interesting go on, interesting i think uh if if i hadn't i i went to a safe place to start with i went to that backdrop that i'd used before if i'd had the chance to do the whole hour on this second shot then i probably would have done better with it um uh, so maybe there is, yeah, maybe maybe I should have been a bit more adventurous up front, but no, I don't know. I didn't, would I, no, I probably have tried to do two shots. I, I wanted to get two shots out of a pack of 10, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, well, they're very cool. And as you said, the one, the, the, the headshot of you in front of the ivy in particular, it really is beautifully exposed and for a, a, a nighttime shot on Instax, uh, that is no mean feat. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, well, that's me done. Mm. Yeah, um, which has taken quite a long time. So, uh, <laughs> and I only had ten shots. To, but you, you two have both got more shots than I have. So. Uh, yeah, but there's less to say about our shots. I think that's that's okay. fairly safe. Should we look at yours next, Rage? Okay, sure. Um, sorry about the clicking. I'm just trying to get into the right folder so that I can actually see them and remember what it was that I was doing. Um, yeah, so. As you may remember, I decided that um, I was going to stay just in this very, um, you know, in this one room um, during the hour and basically take photos of small kind of little um, little sections of my dark room and just things that were in, in my dark room as I'm in the middle of trying to sort it out, basically, and renovating, what have you. Um, so I thought I will just use this uh, macro lens that I've got, uh, chuck it on my OM1, um, and uh, and basically I will just shoot within this one uh, sort of like smallish room. 
Um, so yeah, so it started off okay because as you both know, um, the sun was going down, daylight was disappearing, but when we started it was about half past eight, so there was still um, quite a bit of sort of like window light um, coming in. So I thought, right, well that's fine, I'll just do it handheld, um, I'll just, you know, make sure I think it was at sort of, I think it was about 60th of a second at this point. Um, uh, which is totally fine, and uh, and took my first couple of shots. So the first one is of my wasp enlarger. Um, I wanted to get the colours. I was really pleased with the colours actually uh, for how that came out on this true print, this old true print film. Um, uh, it looks really kind of like gold and what have you. You can. I don't know if you're looking at it at the moment as well, but you can really see the dust marks <laughs> on on the on the side on the wings basically of the of the wasp enlarger because obviously I'd been you know we'd been sanding the floor, been taking all the stuff up. I hadn't actually got round to dusting anything, so there's a recurring theme of dust, <laughs> which for once isn't actually on the negatives because <laughs> I got them processed at the lab up the road. Um, it's on the uh, on the actual kit and on the cameras and things. Um, so, uh, so yeah, could have done with the dust. <laughs> I really like this shot, though, right? She was, yeah. a good, strong start, I think. Yeah, it's um, I like I like the colours in it. It's a, and it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting looking device. Yeah, it's super cool and really like retro and stuff. And, and I was like, yeah, it's it's that um, the sort of the text specifically. I was like, that is is pretty cool font you know um yeah so, uh, yeah just Definitely. wanted to kind of get little like i say little snippets really of the room um and so i thought okay well from the enlarger what else what else can i get oh um i will shoot you know the section of my shelf which has all my you know chems on it and stuff in it in their um uh, expandable bottles and ilfa bottles and various other things where i've run out of room in my expandable bottles as you can see <laughs> Um, I've randomly ended up putting them into small travel bottles as well. Uh, so I've always got my chemistry with me if I need it, you know. Um, uh, so yeah, so I thought, right, well, I'll, I'll just try and light light that. Um, I, th this again, I think, was, was this the window light? No, by this point, <laughs> literally between me getting the first shot <laughs> and then going, huh, okay, because it's on the bottom shelf, and it's in um it's in a, on like a black bookcase uh, i realized that actually there was no daylight from the window um because it'd gone behind the um houses on the opposite side of the road it'd gone down by this point so um uh, i realized that i wasn't actually going to be able to get a shot at all uh so at this point i had to put it on the tripod and uh, and try and well, so I had to find the tripod. Then I had to get it on top of the tripod, and then I had to make sure that I got it kind of like a reasonable height. Um, and then realised that there was still not enough light, even if I um, uh, left it open for quite a bit longer. So I think I think actually I may have shot this one um, without a light. Is that right? Let me see if I look at the next one. Uh, no, this one's definitely got some lighting on it. So I, I found found my LED light because I thought I'm not going to use flash. It's just going to overpower it, even on like the lowest setting, because again, with it being a small space and what have you. Um, and I didn't really have anywhere to sort of bounce that in the position where I was. So I thought, right, well, I'll just get my LED light out. So I found that, managed to find a battery, thank goodness. And the battery luckily had a bit of charge. Phew. Um, and uh, and yeah, so basically just brought that in as my little flat panel and sort of held that with one hand, 
had my tripod, my camera on the tripod with the other hand, um, and was just basically wrangling with that. So the next couple of shots are of me trying out different things with the light to try and get the the chemistry bottles, and then uh, I decided to change angles and try and get a little bit of um, my um, packs of film, um, sorry paper. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm on number five now. Uh, and you can see obviously a few of my my photography books on the shelf underneath, but um, my uh, my packs of uh, photographic paper on the shelf. Uh, I, and again, because I was using the macro lens, I kind of wanted to try and get in really close. And I think this was the difficulty that I was finding because I had to have the tri the camera on the tripod because I had to have it um, a, a very slow shutter speed in order to let in enough light. Um, I was finding it really difficult to get in close enough. So I thought, right, well, I'll, I'll try and go for some uh, sort of like edge, you know, sort of perspective and um, look at the corners and things like that instead. So that was kind of as close as I could really get in to the subject. I would have liked to have get, got in closer, you know, and actually uh, really see the, the drop off. Um, open it up so my aperture was really really open um, and uh, and really sort of like go for that shallow depth of field and on the macro lens and stuff so I didn't quite achieve what I was trying to achieve with that unfortunately I found that um, my tripod was getting in the way. Hmm. Um, Rachel, Rachel is your just just sort of technical question how, yeah. how big is your LED light that you were using is it too was it too big to fit on the shelf? It, uh, yes, yeah. it was. Well, see, this was when I was like, ah, it's something because I I could if I could have got it. I also had the panel. Either I was holding it or I had it on the lighting stand. I think I had it on the lighting stand at this point, and then I, I that just annoyed me as well because I couldn't move with it properly um yeah. and getting close enough so then i was like oh, i'll just hold it in my hand instead um but obviously it became a bit more difficult trying to physically wrangle with that you know yeah, um, it wouldn't did, actually yeah. fit on the shelf um itself and that's when i was like ah if i had a couple of those smaller little grippy tripods it would give me an opportunity to sort of like balance it on something else or like grip it around something and, and position reposition it and stuff so yeah, that kind of thing would have been useful. Um, I mean, you know, again, with a bit more time, I could probably could have fashioned something to balance it. You know, I would have worked something out, but it was a quick, quick, get it, get the shots. Yeah, oh my no, God. I, I can relate to that. I can definitely relate to that. Um, but yeah, my LED panels, they're about uh, five by seven inches. Right. Like okay. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, number six. Um, this is yeah I've I've gone back over to the other side of the room and and was like right sod this <laughs> I'll put that down I'll just I'm gonna go for a handheld shot uh, I think this is at like 15th of a second just with the last little bit of daylight coming through um, because in a different part of the room there was still a, a tiny bit of daylight this is um, uh, different and larger um, is this a different and larger? No, it's the same and larger, um, but it was still capturing a little bit of the light. So yeah, this is handheld at about 15th of a second. Um, but you can see a little bit more of what I was trying to achieve with the shallow depth of field and the drop off. It's it's not quite on the point that I was hoping for. I was thinking I was gonna go for the um, sort of like edge, the corner closest to me, but never mind. Um, yeah, again, quite like the, the tones and things in this. Um, so uh, yeah, that was number six. Um, and then back over to the other side of the room um, again for uh, with number seven, trying to pick up just a few of the little details and things. 
And I think you can see the uh, window light here. Um, that just as it's sort of like going down behind the um, behind the houses on the opposite side of the road, uh, it's quite so. It feels quite um, like sunset light. That doesn't it? With where you can see the shadows and the directionality of it. Yeah, um, it's a nice, it's a nice warm light, nice warm soft yeah, light. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame that my focus actually is on the body of the camera um, pencil pot rather than on the lens, where it maybe should have been, but never mind. Um, and yeah, number eight, I was like, quick, just get another shot. <laughs> um, and then number nine, I, I really quite like number nine and number 10. Um, these are my uh, two chromas. So my beta camera, uh, beta test chroma and my um, uh, final version that Steve um, Lloyd made me from chroma camera. Um, so I've got the two of them together and it, I think it's kind of like interesting you can sort of like see the difference if you look at the two next to each other, 9 and 10 <laughs> There's an incredible difference between those two cameras incredible. and um, no offence to poor little beta <laughs> camera but that looks like a real piece of junk next to uh, the fancy full bore model um, which is a thing of beauty Hey this is you know it's iterations of uh, on a theme, variations on a theme right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it's it's cool because i think you get to really see like the process of how it works as an inventor you know or as a a maker or creator or whatever all these different things that you have to go through in order to get to the final thing um and uh you know in terms of for example kickstarter you can if people sort of saw all of the behind the scenes and everything that goes into these things um you 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 would really sort of like go huh okay yeah you you kind of get it really um but yeah as you can see my uh my lens is uh, i still have uh, my pinhole board in my in my real in my real chroma shall we say and my lens is still on the other one at the moment um but yeah i quite like again i like the colors of this um uh but yeah it was a difference uh in terms of shutter speed i think there as well that i've changed um, and added a bit of extra light in. So yeah, going on to 12, ah, right, so yeah, um, on to 11, 12, 13, 14, <laughs> this is where I start to go, oh my God, I've got so many shots I still need to get through. Um, but it's also the point where I was like, okay, I'll get a quick shot here and then I'll move the light round and then I'll get another quick shot and move the light round. And actually, um, at this point, my process was, ah, I want to mess around with the directionality of light because I'm stuck in this very small space. The outside light has disappeared. I've got my LED panel. Um, let's just have a little look at how it changes the shot if you're just changing the directionality of the light, really. Um, and so really that's what I then focused on. So um, uh, for like 11, 12, 13, 14, if you kind of click through them really quick, um, the idea being it's a bit more like a flip book, you know? So, um, you know, when you've got your, your little pictures drawn in your flip book and you flick it really quickly and it looks like movement, uh, I kind of thought that would be kind of cool if you could see, like, the different frames and the different directionality of light moving. Yeah, works, works for me. I like it, actually. It's, uh, it's good, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it, it's amazing how it changes the, the colour tone. Yes, um, Yeah, because, yeah, in, in depending on uh how, where you have the light it's uh it's it's quite yeah it's, it's a very it's a very effective way i think i i probably on balance like number 14 the best but i quite mm -hmm. like number 12 as well yeah 
and and obviously in um, it's because because you're changing the directionality of the of the light. Obviously, it's bouncing off different things. So when it when it's on like 13, 13, 14, it's on the other side. It's I'm holding it uh, camera right, and um, and as you as you can see, it's sort of um, hitting the um, the the cameras on the shelf rather than uh, rather than the edge. So it's bouncing off different stuff. In eleven and twelve, you can actually see the light panel. I realised in my Geoflex, um, you can see it reflected in the uh, viewing lens, if you like. Yeah. I did um, see that, yeah, yeah. See the edge. Um, whereas, obviously, on 13, 14, I was like, ah, if I move it around this way, I'm not going to get that. <laughs> I'll still get mm-hmm. quite a nice little catch light, but yeah. Um, and as you say, it totally changes the look and the tones um, as well. So um, then I thought, right, well, I'll find something else in the room that I, where I can have another go at this um, uh, sort of like process moving the directionality of the light round um but i kind of wanted to aim for a um sort of like campfire sort of style um with it feeling really really dramatic but it was like okay well i've just got boxes <laughs> i'm gonna shoot these in a dramatic way um, <laughs> they're very dramatically lit boxes though right yeah, they're quite go. pretty boxes right that's what that's what i was thinking i was like it, it is fun like what you can achieve with just a single light and uh and, and a camera right and so again if you do it like flip book style 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. It's kind of cool to like see how it changes, I think. It's a bit like a merry-go-round. That's true, <laughs> although, although, to be fair, maybe we need to not click too much on the flip-booking through, otherwise it might drive our listeners crazy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, they've come out really well. I, I think the point you were making about changing the direction of the light and how drastically it changes the look of the picture um, mm. really comes through in these, and it's a really great visual lesson of like oh look if you move this across it it absolutely changed the dynamic and the mood of the pictures even with something as simple and straightforward as just some boxes um yeah they're really cool yeah thanks um and then i was like right well i'll I'll just try and get a couple of last shots to finish off the roll because oh my god we've got (laughs) i've got like four minutes left to go and that was the point where my role apparently had a lot more shots on it than I thought it did <laughs> so which was uh, fun you I, you yeah. responded to that well yes <laughs> just like ah yeah. uh, uh, all right let's quick 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 <laughs> the, the relief in your voice when I heard the recording the relief in your voice was I think what's the word palpable <laughs> <laughs> because it just could have all been a complete like it could have been a Graham, couldn't it? It could have been where you've loaded the camera and there's nothing in there. Because this has happened to you before, hasn't it, Graham? Recently, oh, yeah. It happened to that. me once. I shot my kids' school sports day once with an empty camera. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I've like, definitely done it myself as well. But I just more meant, like, recently that was one that stuck in my mind. And I was just thinking, well, that will be an interesting one-hour challenge assignment. Uh, and nothing, literally nothing to show for it. So there you go. And the last couple, um, uh, as you can probably tell, like first of the role, actually, they've ended up at the end for some reason, but there we go. Um, that was just me loading up the camera. Um, yeah, so they're, they're, it was just to prove that it was a full role, basically. There we go. <laughs> so cool. I, I have some questions, Rach. Um, yeah. So you had one hour. So you, like Aid, you didn't make this super easy for yourself because you... Nope. You did the kind of thing which I'm normally guilty of, which is, well, let's just use as many 
absolute unknown variables as possible. Here's a roll of film from the dawn of time, yep. <laughs> which has been stored in probably somebody's back pocket for most of its life. Yep. No and idea. also, the lens you were using, you've never used before either, had no. you? And no, it was a... What, what make was the lens? It was something a bit random, wasn't it? It's Yeah, hold on. I've got it here, I think. Uh, oh, no. Oh, it's, it's somewhere nearby. Um, it's a Miranda something. Yeah. Actually, hold on one sec. I'll find it. There we go. There we go. Yeah, it's a, it's a Miranda. Um, oh, gosh, I can't read it. 24mm. Um, yeah, it's a 2.8 macro lens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I, talk- I don't know where it came from. <laughs> I just found it <laughs> in the box. <laughs> I was like, does it fit? I, I realised that the um, um, uh, the the um, back uh, sort of like cover um, said Olympus on it. I was like, huh, maybe it's come off, you know, maybe it fits my Olympus. So I was like, grab my OM one. Oh, yeah, it fits. <laughs> That'll be it. I'll use that one. But I, I thought I was being dead sensible. I was like, I'll use a camera that I know. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting take on the word dead and sensible. Um, so, like, what do you feel like you got most from this? Like, like the hour you spent, what do you feel like you took away from this at the end of it? I feel like I learned, it's, I, I relearned, if you like, that it's okay to just shoot for fun. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good point. You can enjoy doing that within within an hour. It, you know, like having that time constraint was good because it it just proved to me that yes, you can do that, and basically to shut up, whinge, and just go and shoot. Because <laughs> you you can sometimes um, suffer a little bit from the feeling that. If something's not fantastic, like if you're yeah. not doing your best, then you shouldn't be doing it because, yeah. you know, particularly given your role as a professional, um, but obviously taking together, all professionals also shoot plenty of garbage. Not that these are garbage, but you know, yeah. shoot plenty of stuff which is not their portfolio stuff. But yeah, yeah sure. I think it's true, forcing yourself to just go and click away at stuff. I um, have to say, I feel, I feel, I don't know... Um, I'm I'm a bit nervous about like about this in general. Like I really loved doing the assignment, and I really loved um, how I felt at the end of it. And it's been really interesting again, like talking through it again today. But knowing that these are gonna go up for everybody to see, because like you you know, you hit the nail on the head. Really, they are they are not perfect, and that's fine. And and I am okay with like the imperfections is okay. But I, th- I guess it's just I don't feel like they are good enough imperfections. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm j- yeah, it's it's well, I, I think it was like what I said to you guys earlier. It's like the it's like the no makeup selfie, you know, it's mm. it's that kind of oh, man, you li- that I thought, should I just chuck I should I should put in the the other like two or three from when I was literally just firing um firing it just to get it to the first shot because they're all part of the process as well. It was mm. more like that's actually part of the story of what we did rather than it having to be, you know, fantastic or awesome or whatever. I don't know. It's it's a confidence thing and it is difficult to kind of like put yourself out there and be a bit vulnerable, I think. And yeah. go, yep, yeah, this is this is what I created. <laughs> yeah. Um 
but I've learned. I did learn loads. Yeah. Yeah, I said I really love the the first picture we talked about, which is the one of the wasp enlarger from the front mm-hmm. view on. I think that's I think that's genuine. It's a really lovely picture. Um, oh, not just like sweet. oh, this is a good picture on the top, but no, this is a lovely picture. So I've kind of I, got the same. I agree. Yes. I've got the same kind of question that I had for aid for you. Do mm. you think that? If you went again at this, whether mm-hmm. if you just spent that hour and just went, okay, this wasp enlarger mm-hmm. is all I'm going to photograph. I'm going to yeah. using lights, using the angle, using. But this is this is it. Do you think that you would have got more shots that you were happy about, or more shots that you look at and go, this is a quality photo that I am, you know, ex- is. I can't find the right words, but, you know, mm. that you're happy showing people as opposed to, yeah, these were fun shots I was taking to go mm-hmm. through the process. Do you think you'd get more work like that if you just focused down on the one thing? Yeah, probably. I mean, focusing on something very, you know, and being really, I don't know, kind of going a bit deeper with something and really pushing yourself to go, no, you haven't still, you still haven't told the whole story of this one thing is, is a really interesting way of approaching something and we just don't, we don't really do that do we you know we're bombarded with so much information in general that it's it's about that whole like stopping the scroll thing right and and kind of actually saying no this is one thing i'm going to really focus on and kind of like meditate about and and try out lots of different angles and all sorts of stuff um if you if you become very focused i think that does um teach you more about that you know how how much you can push it and what you can what you can create from really not very much at all um yes um given that again i probably i would i would enjoy that challenge i think that would be really cool um and uh and yeah i think the thing was i i kind of did try to do that because i I was um i was happy with that first shot and then i tried to get a couple of other angles of the enlarger and because I, um, by that point, needed to bring in some light and put it on a tripod because I couldn't, I could no longer handheld hold it um, for the shutter speed. I that ended up kind of getting in the way, you know. So I was like, I'm gonna have to shoot something else where I can physically get the camera in close to it because I couldn't do that. <laughs> um, with with that enlarger, so that's why I ended up going to the other side of the room and trying to to shoot something else um and then kind of got a bit distracted doing that <laughs> which yeah is quite me <laughs> as well what i love about this though is that i mean the fact that you well obviously you didn't know you were going with a 36 exposure roll of film you nope. thought you were going but it, as somebody who and i know we have listeners who shoot a lot get through a lot of film and would completely disagree with this statement but I find it quite hard to get through a roll of 36 exposures mm-hmm. promptly, except in rare occasions, like when I was out over the weekend taking pictures of people who dressed up in silly costumes, great, fine, blap, blap, blap. Um, but one of the real beauties of 36 exposure film is if you're working in the limited confines like you were, mm. is doing exactly what you can do, which is really exploring different options, whether it's lighting mm-hmm. options, composition options, different angles. You, take four or five pictures of the same thing because you've got 36 of them um and um, you're bracketing aren't you or you're trying different moods out or what have you that's kind of what i was attempting to (laughs) to go for in the end um you know with the with the setups as you can see you've got like five or six of the same setup just with the different 
directionality or whatever, um, just to see what what differences that that created. And I think it's interesting to see how you react um, emotionally to each of them. Like, ah, which one appeals to you most? You know, is it the very dramatic side light? Or is it the one that looks much more like natural light coming through the window? Or, you know, is it the one lit from beneath or whatever? And uh, yeah, I found that really cool, actually. Yeah, um, I've, I've experienced some of that, to, even just today, being out at the village fair today um, and, and blasted through a roll of 36. Um, and, and there are several several shots in there that I took three or four of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, things like uh, they had one of these, you know, these um, uh, adult jungle gym things with the bungee cords where they're like you can jump like 10 feet in the air and you put two bungee cords attached to you. What are they called? I don't know. Never mind. Um, hopefully I've described it succinctly enough. Um, and, you know, t- trying to take three or four photos of each of my kids as they have their go on that this afternoon to try and get one where they're, 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 they're falling about in a funny way on this thing, but also got a good look on their face and their eyes are open and stuff like that. It it is nice to be able to work through something mm-hmm. um, and not have to worry about it. And for, and for me, 35mm is really good for that. I don't have to worry about it. There's there's plenty of film there. You know, I, it, it, it costs the same amount to you know, develop as, as a roll of film that I get 12 shots on. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, so I'm just like, yeah, they, that, that's my spray and pray film. That is the, 36, <laughs> the 35mm. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll take a, take a photo of this, take a photo of that. You know, oh, look at that one over there. Let's take five of that one. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the best way. I, so, I, um, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a kick of trying to get stuff developed, and it's mostly been 4x5 stuff, but also because it was the same film stock, um, developed a role of FOMA. Um, I couldn't even remember what that camera what camera that had been shot in um but it turns out it was the mu uh the mu 2 if in doubt it's probably the mu 2 <laughs> because that camera just t- tends to end up in my pocket if i'm going out somewhere mm-hmm. and um this roll of film stretches back um i think a, it's a good nearly two years worth of shots on this film and um and there's a couple of, there's one picture I, oh that's a lovely picture i'm really glad i took that but i've seen this picture years ago if I'd actually just taken more pictures on it and I'd probably have more pictures that I really like from the same time if I'd taken more pictures on it so yeah mm, I think just mm. being a bit less precious about that um, <laughs> because yeah it's 36 shots it's loads um, yeah. and uh, yeah trying to make everyone a magical perfect individual snowflake Okay, all right. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna step in here, right? Because you're, you're you're making a lot of noise, but what we're not talking about is your photographs. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. Over to you, Graham. I'm gonna take the gauntlet now. Hooray. Okay. Well, Good I shots, mean... though, Rach. Well done, Rach. T- definitely, <laughs> definitely hit that one on right on the head. That assignment. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, because you did kind of almost the exact opposite of what I did, Rach. You put yourself <laughs> in a very confined space and went, "Okay, mm. I'm going to make pictures out of what's in this small room." And I went, "Okay, well, I'm going to just go and wander around the village and hope that I, like, I oh, see God, something." <laughs> You've got a whole hour. This is going to be fine. Um, oh, and I've said repeatedly that I'm not terribly inspired by anything in my village. And this did not change when I went out. But what did change was the fact that I knew I had to take pictures. So I took pictures that I probably wouldn't have done on another occasion. Um, I'm not going to spend any great time talking about the photos in detail because you know they're not really worth spending time on. But, um, you know, there's pictures of a sign. There's pictures of a speed bump 
with um, some markings on it uh, because I was looking to try and ca try and capture shapes um, more than anything else because I, I, did, I, I struggle to see vistas or angles in the village that pick ever particularly capture me. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to look for abstract shapes to begin with at least. Um, and well, if, if you're not going to talk about specific ones, number three uh, hmm. is a Soviet bus stop, unless I'm mistaken. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So this is actually, that's a good one to pick up on. I don't like this picture, but... I do. It's, 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 it's brutalist <laughs> architecture. I like it. It is. Yeah, it is. So this is a bus stop that I've walked past, driven past a myriad times and thought, hey, at some point I'm going to take a picture of this bus stop because it's got this quite brutal angles to it and so on and so forth. Now, um, I don't... Uh, this picture did not do what I wanted it to do. I don't look at this picture and go, yes, great. I captured what I want. But... And the same is to could be said of a lot of the pictures on this for a roll of film what i feel like i did achieve with this roll of film is starting a thought process in my mind of okay i got some snapshots around the village but actually if i went back and spent more time with this bus stop let's say going okay i'm just gonna and i could get i know i could get a better shot of that or more than one good shot of that um, I'm sure you could. I think it would look especially depressing in colour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so spending I love the itching hour. on it, right? It's got such lovely texture at the top and stuff. There's all those things, isn't there, that you could you really like hone in on, I suppose. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Is like, whilst it was one hour of me in a panicked way going around, kind of grabbing at whatever caught my eye, I then get to look back at what caught my eye. And I, I probably didn't capture it in the way that I'm happy with this first time because I was rushing and the light was going fast. But next time I go out, I have some markers already like, well, this caught my mm. eye last time. Let's go back and look again and look at it from a different angle or a different time of day. And can I find the thing in there that caught my eye um, and, and actually bring it out in a, in a better way? Um, so, yeah, I don't think there's a lot to say about really many of the pictures because it is just random scenes. You know, there's, there's pictures of the church. I've taken uh, several pictures of the church in the past. It's fine. It's a church. You know, it's again, maybe if I spent more time trying to take pictures that I come up with something I like more. But they all kind of look much the same. Um, uh, there's a there's a picture of a, the top of a toilet door, um, just because I quite like the picture of a toilet toilet door with bunting above it. Um, that was just me. Um, I really like number nine. Uh, it's it it's a random one to be like I really like this, but it's the um, the van. I think it it's beautifully sharp, you know, and it really shows that lovely swirly sort of like depth of field, you know, shallow depth of field. Mm. If you had that as a portrait you know, of somebody, it's kind of like, oh, imagine what that would look like, you know? That would be super beautiful, I think. Yeah. It almost looks like a portrait of a van and it a does. generator. It really and a generator. Yeah. A and portrait. the van is owned by somebody called Ron, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's the fish and chips van. Um, I mean, some things that, like, other things that I got from this out, one, um, it got me out shooting with the uh, Yashica mat again and getting more familiar mm. with that. I really liked it. I found in a few pictures um, with my focusing that I'm focusing a bit short on things. In a couple of the pictures, I'm looking at it going, yeah, that just wasn't quite as far back um, as I intended it to be. So I need to be a bit careful with that when I'm focusing, not to, to pull things in a bit closer than I want to. Um, 
I really like the HP 5800. That was really nice. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's an, only an extra stop of speed, but um, there's been no noticeable hit on the quality of the film at all. So that was really nice. And, you know, the tonality in it, even though the light was going, um, it still held on to it pretty well. So um, I really like that. I found that my metering was coming up perhaps a little bit short um this is an ongoing problem for me is finding a good way of metering at the moment i'm just using a phone app which is okay it kind of gets me most of the way there um and it's the quick and dirty way of getting out and shooting but um but a few of the pictures just felt like they were a little bit um over well they were a little bit dark so a little bit overexposed mm. i guess is the right what i'm thinking about it um and you can kind of see, uh, I think the second from last shot, number 11, um, was a real panicked, oh, I'm going to try and grab this. And, and even as I took it, I'm like, why did I fire that shutter there? And that was, that was clearly not going to be a thing. I thought um, you'd been kidnapped in this shot. It, it, yeah, bundled into the back of a van. <laughs> bundled help, into help. the back of the car. Um, <laughs> and then they threw you out on the side of the road. And then we have number 12. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like, because they'd got these... Um, uh, what the, the the cones? These cones down the side of the road with the uh, reflective lighting. I thought, oh, maybe if a car comes along, it'll light up those and it'll kind of make them stand out more, which was okay to a point. But except, of course, then the car that was coming along, lighting up the cones, was then in front of the camera. I was like, oh god, <laughs> did not. Think it's that really funny through. looking at them now, having remembering the audio of of you being yeah, like, yeah, I was thinking that, the yeah. Opposite direction from the one that's supposed to be going, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's exactly what that that the last picture of the group yeah. is sort of that low shot of uh, the traffic light sign, and I was You've just given up, haven't you? You've yeah, just given I was up just... and lay in the gutter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. So I was just sat there waiting and waiting, and um, I just wanted the car to come along just to liven up that scene a bit, and um, and all, all, everything was going the wrong way. And I don't hate that shot. I quite like I the really tones like in that, that shot. I, I really like that like, yeah. that that shot number twelve for some yeah. reason. Right, the the road signs. Maybe it's because there's two of them, right? The triangular mm -hmm. signs, and maybe because they're slightly on the squint. Yeah, not because the shot is, but because they're what one foot in the gutter. I don't know. They they seem to be almost like the characters in the shot. They mm. like they 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 yeah. seem to be almost like something out of a Pixar movie or something like that. You know, you can imagine one of them being called. I don't know. Uh, no, I can't. I, I can't <laughs> oh, no, on, on now spot. I need to know. I need to know what these signs are going to be called. Aid. I'm going to have to hold you to this. <laughs> I think they're Bob and Sandra, uh, aren't they? Uh, Signy face. <laughs> oh, uh. Seinfeld. There we go. <laughs> For our American listeners. But the, it, it's... It, I don't know. It just it feels like it feels like that one is a in the same way that the van one feels almost like it's a portrait of a van. This one feels like it's a portrait of the traffic light sign, <laughs> and I don't know why. It's it's it, but but maybe because it's shot like a portrait. You know, you've you yeah. you, you you're you, you've made it the set the 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 subject front and center. It. You know, it's uh, yeah. The, the it's got some separation from its background because the background is is blurred. Um, it, I don't know. It just it has a very portrait feel mm, about it, it. I really love it for um, the atmosphere that it conveys to me. Because yeah, I I think we've probably all been in um, if maybe all come out stumbled out of a pub in the <laughs> in a uh, 
uh, a village or something and gone, do you know what? Maybe I just have to sit down now <laughs> and, uh, and, and see been, this. Been there. Thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like I've definitely been there. <laughs> yeah. I know that scene. Um, and I know how really that sign nice. feels right exactly. now. <laughs> it just feels really like familiar and lovely and kind of like, oh yeah, that was a silly thing to do. Get that drunk and <laughs> that kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. It's really nice. Um, delighting. The thing is, like, so as as you listen to that audio, because I was in that spot for about, so I was there with the with the camera held pretty low to the ground, trying mm-hmm. to sort of stabilise it. And at one point, a lady just walked up yeah. that street, looking oh, at me with this camera, just stood there looking at road signs, waiting <laughs> for something. And um, and after I was thinking, ah, oh, I should have just taken the picture when she was walking up. Um, mm-hmm. But then I think actually, if I'd done that. It would have thrown the composition out. She probably would have been blurred because the shutter speed was probably would have been too low. So, and would that have spoiled what there is there? What little there is mm-hmm. there? Because I, I'm, I'm really annoyed with myself at the moment. As I've mentioned a couple of times, I went out with NASA last Wednesday, uh, shooting with my Intrepid camera around Oxford. Didn't take a load of pictures, but I took some pictures out there. Um, and the best thing I can say about them is. They were all good practice, um, and, and, but just not good. Um, you know, they're, they're whatever. But there's one picture that I look at and go, oh, God, that was nearly. But the choice I made, a deliberate choice I made, kind of spoilt it. So there's a, um, a place that's called the Bridge of Size, which is this bridge that arcs over a, a street. It's a very small pedestrian bridge, very pretty, Oxford read me spires etc etc and I was looking across to this and there was nice light and there was um, a, a gentleman quite far off in the distance walking towards and the woman walking away and that picture framed by the bridge and the shadow would have been not bad but I saw a bike coming into it thought, I'm gonna get this bike in this click um, and so there's this bike just kind of trashing the shot <laughs> and it's like mm. yeah less is away. more oh. yeah but it's, it's that thing yeah. of I, Generally it, it is frustrating, especially when you yeah, especially you haven't got a high speed burst mode on your lower <laughs> on your yeah. Intrepid. Maybe yeah. that's on the next version of the Intrepid. That's Maybe. the burst mode. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it just uh, yeah. did remind me that it's always reduction simplification is always better. Fewer elements will always be better than more elements. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but there you go. But no, it was it's fun. Like I said, and more than anything else, I think um, going out. And whether I think if it's it was great doing it with the film camera, and that was obviously the most fun way to do it. But equally, I think if you have a very short time, and I and I was somewhere, and I just thought, okay, I've got ten minutes, and I'm in a new place, and I don't have any more time like that. If I just grabbed my phone or whatever and just went out and went, okay, what catches my eye in this ten minutes that I've got to run around that I can then return to more purposefully with a better camera and that way the time can be more focused on the things that have already caught my eye because otherwise you spend so much time wandering around going ah okay what should I take a picture of okay well I'll take this now I have to think about well what shutter speed what this can get all of that right and it's quite time consuming so well maybe just put a 36 roll in (laughs) Uh, and then you can then you can take both shots yeah, I, yeah, true. I'd say that, Rach. I'd also say, um, yeah, uh, and I know it's not for everybody, uh, but get a get a camera with with some level of automation in it. Mm. 
you know, I, I shoot aperture uh, priority most of the time. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I rarely okay. shoot manual. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly not good enough. Um, but the, yeah, it, it, the, there is a thing, and I say that, and 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 it's not really tongue in cheek about not being good enough because there, there is, there is a thing sometimes which I find is, uh, it, it is somewhat, it's somewhat overpowering for me, which is when, when people say, oh, well, you've got to shoot manual, right? And, and I know you hear probably a bit less of that in the film photography community than you do in the digital community but actually a lot of people are choosing to shoot with older cameras and and stuff like that sometimes and maybe it's a Mewtwo that just happens to have found its way in your pocket sometimes you just want an automatic camera of some sort yeah it doesn't doesn't need to be a doesn't need to be a phone you know it, it can be so just some camera with some level of automation to it um the the you know allows you to capture something yeah, I mean, I see, I'm looking at the picture now, this one random picture from this role from the Mewtwo, and it was taken on a day where I dragged my family up the side of a slate quarry in um, South Wales in the pissing rain. It could not have been raining more. And this shot is of me looking down on them scrambling up, and it's misty and it's grey, and there's like these ruins in the background of this old building and that's port talbot <laughs> um and the thing is like, there's no way sorry that's a reference to alex alex posted some pictures from i don't know some walkways underneath port talbot the other day <laughs> it probably is yeah it's probably not not quite as um seedy as port talbot actually um, port talbot's lovely i'm sure um but the thing is like without the automation that picture would never have been taken because that was a camera that i had in my pocket I wasn't taking any other camera, and I was at the top of the hill. Just turned around, opened, grabbed it, and honestly, it's probably one of my favourite pictures that I've taken in two years. Um, so when I developed the role of film, and sort of went, huh, Yay. that's nice. Oh, what a lovely, lovely surprise. surprise! Yeah, yeah. See, that's cool. That's cool. Right? These 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 automated cameras. Don't don't tell Hamish. He'll start a website about point and shoot cameras or something. Ugh, but nobody needs that. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, 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 all these things have their place, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. I have a question for you, Graham, um, mm-hmm. about uh, about the experience. Is has this helped you um, fall back in love with this particular camera again? Do you want to use it more? Or yeah. Do you use it less? <laughs> no, no. I I I really did enjoy being out with a TLR. Um, mm-hmm. It's it is a format that I, I think I said on, on the recording actually. There's something about just looking down and just seeing that frame there. Um, the, seeing, seeing that it's back to front, and no matter how you try and capture the image, <laughs> it's always going to be the wrong way round, yeah, and you're going to move in the wrong is, direction. Look, this is Graham's experience of what he wants. Right? I'm quite a back to front, wrong way round sort of person at the best of times. That's a good point, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Topsy Turvy. Yeah. Um, but you know there's some advantages to it so there's one picture taken of um, the church you know in in full Mm -hmm. and I got had to get as far away from that as possible which meant I had to have the camera like pretty much down on the floor angled up from across the road I couldn't have done that with a TLR I could not have taken that picture with a comparable focal length on uh, on an SLR rather or on a rangefinder just couldn't have done it Um, so there are some just practical um, things but more than anything it is there's just something about the process of 
of looking down to focus and just the, the, the one it's like I mean I I, mean, I was out today with the SLR I was out today with my Fujika um, at the duck race and it was lovely using that as well I whenever I pick any of them up like oh, this is so nice I love focusing seeing it all come into focus and but there's something about having no screens and I find the same thing with the 4x5 just having that essentially massive viewfinder there to look at and, st and stand back from is mm. Um, it gives me a bit of distance from the composition in a way that's hard to get with a, an SLR or a rangefinder, um, a bit of objectivity. So doing the hour over again, what would you do differently? Uh, I think, as I've, and this is probably why I keep mentioning it to you, because I think I would focus down on fewer things. I think yeah. I would try and spend less time walking and more time trying to find, to to if something's caught my eye to get more out of it. Um, yeah, I think that's the thing that I would do differently because I've been around the village loads of times and if things haven't caught my eye so far, it's unlikely they will if I just stare at them more. Um, <laughs> but you, know, you never know, it might work. But yeah, I think that's the thing is really just try and focus down um, and you know, maybe try it at a different time of day so the light's different and yeah. um, all that stuff. You know, See what variables you can change in that sense. But... Bus stop um, through the seasons. Exactly. I mean, who doesn't want to see that? Probably everybody. I think. Everybody I've got a book. I've got a book of photographs of bus stops, so I'd be well up for that. I think I've got that book too because you recommended it years <laughs> and years ago, and I think I have that too. It's a good book. It is a very Do good you know, book. One of the first times I uh, came across Hilary Clark's work, I think it was because she was doing a series of. Um, uh, of images that were all of the same scene but through the seasons and things I, I love that I think those kinds of things are fantastic they're so interesting just to see how everything changes um slowly but yeah quickly it's yeah an interesting juxtaposition I think. and and also there's the challenge of just making the mundane aesthetically mm -hmm. interesting one of the challenges in uh, the book that you gave me is to shoot a sheet of white paper to take okay. a sheet of mm -hmm. white paper and you know take your hour or whatever you get and just take pictures of that and you know that's another thing okay how would you approach that how you know and i'm sure we'd all approach it very differently but mm -hmm. when all you've got is a sheet of blank white paper yeah. that's gonna push you to me and maybe that's the thing to try in the future i'm excited about that one yeah let's do that one <laughs> I'm slightly less excited about that. <laughs> Come on, Abe, we can do it. We can pull it out of the bag. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, well, I'd do it. I know I'd be up for I'd definitely be up for doing it. Um, but it, uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't do well with blank sheets of paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a, a take a half formed idea and form it into something and shape it kind of person. But that, that, so, so it would be good. Well, that means it'd just be a good discipline for me, doesn't it? So. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I think with the thing with all of this is, and you know, we've, we've touched upon it a lot, is that actually it's it's really hard. If, if somebody says to you, "You've got now, you can do anything," that's impossible. It's it's not impossible. It's very difficult um, because it's like you know, I work in gardening, and um, it's one thing if you're tweaking a design that's already there, you're changing this, you're changing that. But if somebody just gives you a blank sheet and goes, "Oh, just design the garden, put in anything you want," then suddenly the options are infinite um so finding ways of shutting those down as much as possible whether whether it's by location or by choice of tools or whatever then suddenly the range of what you can do 
becomes much smaller so you can pay more attention to that and give more brain space to the creative side rather than the oh this could be anything i need to whittle it down side i think it's a really good um uh, like practice in general because i definitely suffer suffer from the you know overwhelm you know and and the distraction and procrastination and all of those things so this kind of exercise is probably a really good thing for me to do on a regular basis like to just kind of go no just focus on the one thing and just bring it back down to what can you learn that's why i find you know when you mentioned the thing about the white paper i was like oh yeah why not? That that seems like that's a challenge I should put myself through. You know, I should do that because it will help me in other areas of my life, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we're definitely going to have to do more of these in the, in the future, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> so um, did we actually, talking of which, did we hear back from some listeners? Yeah, we've had some great listener feedback. Um, we mentioned last night on Backing Paper how nice it's been to see so much conversation about last week's show because we really didn't know what people were going to mm. make of it. We just thought, well, let's just do this. It was fun. Let's throw it out <laughs> there. And it's been great seeing that people enjoyed it. Uh, probably not as much as we did, but at least some. Um, and so we've had some people send in some audio bits, which is fantastic. We'll get to those in a little bit. Um, we also had an email come in. So I want to get to the email first. Um, so this email is, he says, clicking around is too many open <laughs> This yeah. email is from Daniel Edwards, uh, who writes in, Morning, guys. Long time listener, first time emailer. I've recently been suffering from a bout of waking up exhausted at 6am. Listening to podcasts has been a good way of getting back to sleep. This morning, <laughs> I have listened to your one-hour assignment episode. Even listening to nothing but the sound of the shutter and winder of Rachel's OM1 as she <laughs> frantically searched for the end of her role couldn't get me back to sleep. Oh, so as I, it's just too exciting. Um, yeah. <laughs> So as I listened to the end of the episode with you telling us to get out there and shoot, I decided to do just that. It, it was 7am and my wife was still asleep. I knew I had half a roll of Ilford FP4 in my Pentax MX that needed finishing. Note, it's the black body. Entirely unnecessary information, <laughs> but any excuse to mention it. I mean, that is a pretty sexy camera, the little yeah. MX in black. Little black number. Um, so I grabbed that and the Pentax 35mm lens on it, picked up an orange filter on the way, and off I went. I live in York, which is a blessing for a photographer, but it's also a curse. If you're not careful, you can easily end up with nothing but pictures of either old buildings, ruins, in essence, an old building, churches, generally old buildings, and the <laughs> Minster, definitely an old building. I thought I said the Minister. <laughs> yeah, well, there might be a minister inside the minister who's an old building yeah oh. i've been wanting for ages to take a walk looking for the parts of the city you could easily miss the grubbier the better so that was what i finally did this wet overcast morning so thank you for giving me the kick up the back so that i needed to get out and do this little project keep up the good work happy shooting dan um Thank you very Aww. much, Dan. And we're glad that we yeah. did that. And like I said, I really hope whether or not you recorded audio, um, whatever thing, if this inspired you to get out, find an hour and just take some pictures, then wow, that is 
more than we could have hoped for. Um, we should mention, actually, at this point, uh, Ed had to step out. He's had to dash off, so it's just Rachel and I now. Um, so we can say anything we like about Ed as we wrap up. That's but... true. <laughs> this is why we create backing paper entirely, so that we could do that, right? Yeah, exactly. Just so we <laughs> so can... uh, it's, it's crept into the main show now. <laughs> yeah, it has. He might be back before we close up, but probably not. Um, but we have also got sent in some audio files from people who took part now because these have only just been coming in today we haven't actually had a chance to listen to these yet so it'll be as fun for us as it is for you um and there may even be more coming in who knows there might be more coming in before this gets edited and put up but so far i can tell you that we have got uh audio clips sent in from mr mike gutterman from the Negative Positives podcast. Matthew Joseph, our good friend and the uh, webmaster for Sunday 16 podcast. Um, Mr. Richard Hall and Matt Jones um, over in Thailand. So lots of stuff to listen to at the end of this. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what everybody's been doing because mm, yeah. I, it was really fun for me when I was editing the podcast um, there was more to this sentence because when I was editing the podcast and it was two o'clock in the morning, it felt less fun. But it was really fun for me listening to yours and Aid's adventures. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it, it was fun to see that we were all having our little dramas, our little panics. Um, so, yeah, I'm really glad that people have taken the time to send those in. So we will stick those on at the end of the show for you all to listen to and enjoy. Um, and please do feel free to keep in touch, you know, just because we've done this now doesn't mean that's the end of it. We have backing paper, obviously, every week. If you go out and have experiences with this, if you give it a go, do write in to us and let you know, let us know how you get on. And if, if you want to record a short five-minute thing, five minutes is great. I know we've got something a bit longer this time, but five minutes is fantastic. Um, and we can always slot those in as well. Um, because it's wonderful hearing people getting out and taking pictures and... All yeah, of the it was, things it brings to It was to you. so nice. It was so nice, like, listening to um, people's experiences of, of hearing us just, you know, fumbling around and messing things up and, and what have you um, on social media and, and, like, the general response to it. I think it was just really cool. And um, it would be super lovely to hear how you've all got on with that as well because, uh, yeah, it was, it was a big... Um, chuckle you know I was just chuckling away to myself like listening to um the difference between how all three of us had recorded our little segments as well um the the way that obviously yourself and and I I do it Graham we obviously waffle on quite a lot um and then a little like 10 second panicked ah oh my god and then disappeared and then come back oh my god this hasn't worked or oh that one worked all right <laughs> and it was just hilarious listening to like back to those so I'm looking forward to um, the ones that have been sent in. But yeah, absolutely. Um, please keep them coming. Yeah. And um, I hope it, it always feels, and this is a personal thing, it always feels to me like with film, there is this onus to make every shot count because you're paying for these pictures. Uh, whereas, you know, we know with digital, the tendency is to, as Aid said earlier, spray and pray. Um, mm. But forcing ourselves to just take pictures not to get rid of the putting thought into them still think about them but take the pictures and, and not just nurse them and try and eke out everyone until mm. there's something magical in the frame because a lot of point. us well mm. i mean 
most of us have probably more film in our fridge than we're going to get to in any great hurry. I, I know I do. Um, I, know, I, you know, I see pictures of several listeners' uh, fridges which are just stuffed to the gunnels with film. They're, they are ready for the apocalypse to happen and they've got enough <laughs> film. And, um, you know, so we can afford to get a bit freer and a bit more liberated. And we've certainly both found, all three of us have found that we got something useful out of this, just this first random experience. Um, yeah. It can be paralysing sometimes that, I think, you know, that inaction um, and and it kind of leads to more inaction as well because you can get a little bit too much inside your head with it and, and you can get too critical and then you actually end up sabotaging yourself by not going and just having a go and feeling a little bit freer. And I mean... I think, I don't know, this is just personally to me, but, you know, analogue is supposed to be, or, um, for me, it's it it was always about it being a chance to be a bit more expressive and try a few things out and not worry about failing too much. So um, I realised that over time, I, I kind of like crept back towards that, oh, it's not good enough and I'm no good and I can't do this. And, you know, and so then therefore I'm left shooting less because I'm feeling like, it's not good enough, you know, but actually by shooting more, that's giving yourself more chances to get it right. Yeah. And, the, and the, improve, right? Yeah. I have lost count of the number of times when somebody has said to me, like my, my partner or somebody has said to me, oh, why don't you take a picture of that? And you look at it and go, there's no point, the light's rubbish. Or there's no point, there's no picture there. No. And just, you just mm. don't take it. And, um, you should probably take that picture, <laughs> even if you're pretty sure it's not going to come out. But maybe more so if you think the light's not good. Just take it anyway, because as we mentioned before, even if the picture doesn't come out great, you've just given yourself a great note that when you're developing that film and looking back through it, you go, "Huh, there was something there, but either the light was wrong or the kit was wrong or something was wrong." But I could I could change that. I could go back mm. and that thing which mm. caught this person's eye, you know, it could be there so. Yeah, or or you could put a um a film camera in their hands and be like, there you go. <laughs> you can also go shoot that if you like. Nice one. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, maybe we just get into the habit of thinking we are the great I am and oh yeah, I know there's no shot there. Why on earth would you even suggest there is? But maybe they're right and we're wrong. Um so anyway, we should get out of here and let you listen to the audio files that have been sent in, as I said, by Mr. Gutterman, Matthew Joseph, Richard Hall and Matt Jones. Uh, we'll probably put them on in that order because it'll make it easier. Who knows, maybe I'll I'll put the people's names beforehand. We'll see how much effort I can get around to making when it comes to editing time. Um <laughs> But other than that, we will wrap up. So we will get out of here. Um, this is the bit that Aid normally does. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. If you want you to get in touch us. with us. You can find <laughs> us. Thanks, Rach. Uh, you can find us at sunny16podcast.com where you will find all of the pictures that we've been talking about on the show this week. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, drop us an email at sunny16podcast at gmail.com and we are sunny16podcast on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook. We always love to hear from you i'm on twitter eric is looking after our instagram page for us and rachel's on facebook sometimes mm. right rach occasionally <laughs> occasionally um 
well, so we hope you've enjoyed this experience and um, we'll do it again. You know, if, yeah. if people enjoy it, we'll do this again. Not every week, but we will do this again because we certainly enjoyed it. So we'll, you know, do different things, different assignments, but something along these lines anyway. Um, we will play you out as always. Actually, we'll play you out after the audio files. I think that's probably the best way to work, isn't it? We'll we'll yeah. wrap up and then we'll go straight into the audio files and then after that we'll play you out with Rachel's wonderful band Roja uh, from the album Promises I Should Have Kept which you can find on Amazon and Spotify and wherever all good music stores have these things. Right, Rachel? <laughs> Beautifully done. Beautifully done. We didn't think... crash out of that episode at all. <laughs> I think I nailed it. I think I nailed it. Um, until next week, listeners, thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye. Hello, uh, Rachel, Aiden, Graham. You noticed I did not save the best for last. Uh, this is Mike Gutterman from the Negative Positives Podcast. I'm here in the Gutterman Cave and I'm going to try the one hour challenge. I'm going to set my timer here in a second. I'm going to shoot with a Sears KS2 and uh, on some uh, Kodak black and white, uh, some C uh, C41 black and white back, uh, the expired stuff, BW400CN. I used to shoot a lot of back uh, before I started developing my own film. Um, I, uh, I, I can't really go anywhere. It's dark in the garage. I want to use some weird lighting and, uh, uh, because if I I live in a really ugly suburb, so basically there's no, nothing I can really do around here. So I would to make it this in an hour to drive anywhere it would be like 20 minutes to get to something photogenic. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it here in the gutter man cave. I'm gonna find some shots. Unfortunately, this is a 36 exposure row. So, uh, um, but yeah, some BW4 uh, BW400 CN. And uh, we're going to try this one-hour challenge because I, like you, have a hard time finding time uh, shooting photography. I think we are, maybe all of us are spending too much time podcasting instead of shooting. So, <laughs> so let's see what happens here. Okay, so I'm about 10 minutes in, and uh, so far it's been a little bit easy because I just went with uh, some easy things right from the get-go. It's a couple, like, light-up bar sign-type things I have hanging in the garage. I have an old sound design brand uh, stereo that was my uh, first stereo when I was a kid in the 1980s and uh, took some photos of that. It was actually the stereo you heard in the background a lot of times on the early Negative Positives podcast. <laughs> so, and uh, uh, But I, I'm a sucker for like 1970s and 80s like vintage electronics, uh, the kind of cheesy look that all that stuff had. So I took a, photo, a couple photos of that. Um, and now I'm already starting to run out of ideals. Now I'm starting to stress a little bit. And I just realized this is a 36 exposure row. <sighs> okay. Okay, a uh, little update. I'm about halfway through the row and I'm about almost halfway through the hour. So <laughs> I uh, took some photos of my dartboard. <laughs> and I have a really strange, uh, like, I don't know, drawing, painting of Jesus. And I put Jesus next to an American flag and took a picture of that because <laughs> what's more American than that, I guess? I don't, I don't know. And uh, I, I think I might actually like the way that one's going to turn out, though. But all right, now I'm going to go to some, I don't know, I don't know. i got to figure out something. All right, a little update. Okay, I have uh, royally screwed up. I just took some more photos. And I thought, man, these shutter speeds seem like I'm doing really well here uh, in the light that I've got. And I realized I had my my ISO on 800, 
from the last time I shot this camera and I forgot to change the ISO. This is a 400 speed film and it's expired. I probably should have been shooting it at 400, maybe 200. And I'm a little over halfway through the row. So the next uh, 20 minutes that I have left here on my timer, uh, I am going to finish the last half of this row shooting it on the proper ISO. <laughs> what a goob. Like, wow. Ah, oh, gosh. Okay, well, that's where we're at. Uh, all right, just a check-in. All right, I finished it. I finished 36 exposures. Probably none of them are good, but uh, at least half the row, I know it's going to be extremely underexposed because my dumbass put it at 800 on a 400-speed film, an expired 400-speed film at that. So I shot, reshot the shots that I uh, did on the first half of the row at 400, just hoping for the best. Maybe I'll do some little overdevelopment or something on there. And then... Um, uh, and then I came up with a couple more shots of uh, some lights and stuff like that. But the main thing is, in probably about an hour, I think it was right under an hour, about 58 minutes, I think, I shot 36 exposures. And so this has been a good exercise for me. And um, I at least got one roll of film shot this week because of it. And I'd like to thank you guys at the Sunny 16 for this little challenge. Uh, it was fun. And I felt like I accomplished something this week. And a week then, I, I really haven't had much time for photography, so... It kind of does go to prove that, you know, if you have an hour to spare, you can get some photos. They may not be great. We'll find out if any of these are any good. But it's there's a still a satisfaction about completing a row. And um, so that is, um, uh, I, feel, I feel, feel good. And now I'm going to get to the beer drinking I was supposed to do during that hour. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks, Sunny, Sunny 16 and uh, the Sunbeams. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Everybody stay positive. Shoot some cool film photos. Uh, hello, Sunnies. It's Matt from Thailand here. Uh, 6.30 in the morning. Uh, it's 26 degrees Celsius. So it's a... And it's sunny. So it's a nice morning here. And I'm just loading up my uh, Ondu 6x6 with some Cosmo Photo, uh, the new 120. And I've got my Canon uh, 7 with some Eastman 2238 in it and a Jupiter 3 lens. So just about to head out. Um, in, I live in Thailand, so I have a motorbike. Everyone does. We don't actually have a car in our family. It's a, um, a massive beast, a Honda 125. It's a bit of an ag bike, but uh, it's good because it's sort of incognito uh, when I'm riding around farms. did actually consider uh, bringing my Lubitel out because I'm shooting that as part of Sherry Christensen's uh, frugal film project but I just thought it might get Graham going and and uh, is it worth it not really so so I've left that behind today this, uh, this first composition here is it's like it's a it looks like a, a statue a shrine it's it's like a family gravesite, but it's not in a temple or a cemetery. It's just in a vacant plot of land next to a house. Um, this, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure this is government land, so it's unusual that they've got one of these sort of gravesites here, because normally it's on private land or, or in a temple. Anyway, I'm setting up the Ondu here, 
um, the sun's streaming in, it's, it's early uh, on a tripod and I've got my little Sakonic uh, twin mate L208 meter so um, yeah basically with the Cosmo it's 100 ISO so you set the meter to 100 uh, take a reading then as per the little card that comes with the Yondu set it you meter at uh, f16 which is telling me 1 60th and then I back off six stops so 60th 30 15 8 4 2 1 so a one second exposure reciprocity yeah who cares I never worry about that um, because my exposures are so short because it's so darn sunny here uh, maybe I'll just count a little slower when I do the one second Okay, so now I'm at a, um, it's an outdoor barber shop and um, I've taken quite a few shots here before, it's a good location. It's got some little black kittens here so I might um, snap one of them. But what I really want to do is just get an on-do shot um, of the outdoor barber while the sun's coming in. Sawadika! Man, so many interesting compositions at this outdoor barbershop at this hour. The sun just uh, coming through and making a lot of uh, really elongated shadows. I could have uh, could have hung around here for a bit longer, but I, uh, I'm already halfway through my ondu. So uh, the next stop is a shadow house, um, which is uh, an old abattoir, which as the name suggests, also has awesome shadows, so that's where I'm heading now. Okay, just landed at the Shadow House. Um, it, it's, uh, it's pretty abandoned. There's a road kind of close by, but nobody ever comes in here. They just look at the weird foreigner hanging about, doing things. Little wooden boxes, and, uh, and they leave him alone. Okay, so in the Shadow House, um, basically it's a a concrete sort of rectangular building maybe uh, 20 meters by 20 meters and it's sort of partitioned into two little areas where they and they've got sort of uh, waist high tables with sort of bowls in them where I guess the blood would drain and then they've got little drains in the floor but the thing that make the, that makes the really good shadows here is they've got these metal sort of expanding doors that uh, open and close a bit like you'd find at a, a lock-up or the front of a shop when the shop's closed, like a garage door, but it's see-through. So basically, I've just 
just taking the undo, and I'll just do one here, and I'm just putting it on the on the ground. Um, I'm not bothering. To, I brought a tripod, but I'm not bothering because all the shadows are on the ground, so it sort of makes more sense. Um, I'm giving a little bit more exposure here because it, the light's a bit more diffused. And let's do one now. Flick. Shut up. One. And then what I'm doing, I'm just walking out of the shadow so I'm not in it. Come back. Okay, flick the shutter. Gone. So, yeah, I, I open the... Sh because you're shooting into the shadows, the sun's behind you, it's very low. You're getting these long lines. Pretty much most of the shots, you and possibly the undo, your shadow is going to be in the shot. So I just open it up, I walk out of shot, um, maybe walk for, for half a second or two out of shot, and then walk back into shot and close the shutter. And just the fact that my shadow's moved, it'll, it, it'll dissipate in the image over the, you know, four or five seconds or whatever. And uh, with, the, with the Canon 7 and the Eastman 2238, uh, in, in here it's, well I'm rating it at ISO 12 and um, the meter on my 7 works which is great. So most of the shots are around 2.8 160th or um, 5.6 160th. Uh, I do have a yellow filter on so I am allowing one stop for that. Um, it is pretty bright. The 2238 was generously sent to me by Michael Bartasek for his um, Kodak 2238 project. Um, so I'm not going to spunk all of those rolls shots here. I'm just uh, take a few and uh, save it. And then I've been chopping off bits of rolls and develop them, developing as I go just to test out different developers with it. Okay, so I think that pretty much wraps it up for me at the Shadow House. Head back for some breakfast now. And uh, hope you enjoyed your time with me in sunny Thailand. So what do you crap? I'm Richard Hall and I live in the lovely town of Shrewsbury. Definitely Shrewsbury, not Shrewsbury. <clears throat> I got back into shooting film about three years ago through Lomography and I've been uh, listening to the Sunny 16 podcast for about a year. I really enjoyed episode 157 today on assignment and since I've never quite got round to entering the Cheap Shots Challenge, I thought I might have a go at the episode challenge. Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, there we go. Um, so, I've got to take the dog for a walk. Uh, so I'll have an hour in the evening sunshine with uh, Ted, my dog, a Canon AF7, and an almost complete roll of Kempmere 400 that I put in this morning. Uh, it's 20 past seven on the evening, on the Thursday evening, um, when the episode was first broadcast. So the light's beginning to go, but it's looking bright and uh, lovely. So uh, off I go. Well, at the end of my road, there's a little patch of trees and that seems like a good place to start. The summer sun's just catching the, uh, the trunks of some silver birches. I 
and that reminds me I need to turn off the flash which I've just done bought the AF7 specifically specifically for the uh, cheap shots challenge it was a fiver in a charity shop um, and I've never used it until today uh, it's a lovely big viewfinder these hawthorn blossoms are starting to turn I've got no idea whether any of these photographs are going to have any merit or, at all, really. But then I never really call myself a photographer. Just somebody who takes a few photographs. Well, I will process these myself. I'm just back into uh, home developing. Again, thanks in, uh, in, in no small part to, uh, to the Sunny 16. So thanks for that. Uh, my wife's delighted that I've got something else to talk to... Uh, uh, Great uh, chaos in the house with. <laughs> okay. Can almost always guarantee some lovely reflections here. I'm in a little patch of very shaded woodland now, so it'll be interesting to see how the AF7 copes with very low light and no flash. Uh, but unfortunately it's still in my pocket so it's uh, recording while you're photographing thing turns out to be uh, more complicated than you might than i might have expected so i've got the camera pressed up against a tree for stability uh it's quite a jaunty angle but we'll see Like many other places, Shrewsbury is practically defined by the building of new houses at the minute. And it makes you wonder where all the people work and where the children are going to go to school. So I think my roll's almost finished and I'm almost at home. So I'll get these processed tomorrow with a bit of luck. Um, yeah, I will see. Dear Sunnies, it is 11.01 on a Saturday night. I loved the podcast this week, so I thought I would try the challenge as well. Uh, one camera, uh, one roll of film, Agfa Vista, 224 exposures. I've got one hour till I turn into a pumpkin at midnight. Uh, I did dig out a gorilla pod. I forgot I had one. Uh, it's now strapped and, and uh, wrapped on the door of my car. Uh, we're hanging out in front of a bar called the Eastern Pearl, which is a notorious local uh, dive bar, and going to be moving from bright light to bright light. One hour. Wish me luck. Okay, so it's about 12 minutes after midnight. Finished the roll. Just dropped it off into the, the uh, all-night drop-off box at my local film developing place here in uh, Beaverton. It's a smaller town, uh, and it's a holiday weekend. There weren't many people about, uh, but the bars were thriving. Uh, so lots of life, lots of movement. Uh, it's stunning what things are open at you know 
11.45 at night, uh, there was a toy store, a small independent toy store, uh, obviously open, which I found really strange. I was tempted to go inside and uh, buy a toy, but uh, had to get this roll through. Anyway, yeah, it was a challenge, and it was fun, and uh, now I'm a little keyed up, and it's just after midnight, so good luck going to sleep now. Thanks for the fun the fun challenge. It was a good experience, and uh, I look forward to doing it again, and I hope you guys do it again, because uh, really, one of my favorite shows so far. Thanks. I want to say thank you to Kerry Jeffrey for that last piece who didn't put his name in it, so we wanted to make sure we get a shout out. And also a huge thank you to everybody who submitted. I have found these absolutely delightful, and I hope you guys listening have too. Uh, what a fantastic around the world trip we've just been on. Quite diverse from Mr. Gutterman's garage to a bike trip around Thailand. Um, we have got one more. To play you out with it uh, is mr matthew joseph uh, part of the sunny 16 team who of course can never be concise so it's a, a slightly longer one but who better to hear from than matthew if you have done one of these but you didn't get it sent in in time or if you just heard them and think oh, i wish i had done that then do it i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed hearing what everybody had to do and say um so please do send them in we will find a home for them if you can try and keep them about five minutes that would be fantastic as opposed to the i think it's about a quarter of an hour of what we've got coming up from matthew um but we love it anyway so we will leave you with matthew until next week thanks listeners and bye i'm going out in the cold probably won't oh it's awful Bye. Bye. Left my, forgot my keys, didn't I? I forgot my keys. I forgot my keys. Sorry. Bye. Bye. No. no. Bye. Bye. Ugh. I'm freezing. All right. Left the house. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a cold, almost winter Melbourne day. I'm, ooh, freshly painted arrows on the road. That's kind of cool. So I'm going to try and shoot. Probably should introduce myself. Hopefully you might recognize my voice. It's Matthew here. Why is it? Okay, so it is working. I'm focusing. Excellent. Um, yeah. It's Matthew Joseph here, AKA Photo Dude NZ. It's windy, it's cold, and I'm out and about. Ah, so, yeah, doing this talking while I go thing. See how I. See how that goes. I've got the um, Fuji GA645 with me, uh, loaded with HP5, 
and I've got uh, Russell, the Mamiya 528TL, which is my cheap shots challenge camera. We might see some people. That'll be exciting. Humans, as I like to call them. And, uh, and my Fuji XF10, which I'm not allowed to talk about, but will anyway. Right. The railway tracks, there's no trains coming. That's good, means I won't be killed by one. Oh, God, they're covered over the graffiti so quick around here, they don't muck around. And here we go. <laughs> some hard rubbish. We've got a couch, some cushions, there's a mirror, there's a, a wardrobe, some boxes. I like it. Let's take a... Oh yeah, this camera is wide enough. Could you... Why? I don't know why it does that. Here we go. stuff on the side of the road. Got to keep, can't call it what I normally keep, call it because uh, got to keep this clean for the kitties. And there's a train coming and a car coming. Let's hope I don't get run over. Still alive, that's fortunate. Using the previously mentioned digital camera because God, that couch is I mean, something rotten. I better take a close-up of it. Oh, I know why the camera is taking forever. It's the flash warming up. Here's a train. Stroke of good luck that I'm not underneath it. How long have we been recording? I know, Graham said five minutes. <laughs> yeah, we both know it's gonna be longer than five minutes. Okay. The search continues. It's, it's overcast and cold. I can't remember if I've mentioned that or not. I think it's about 14 degrees. Hypothermia is probably gonna set in sometime soon. I refuse to car attempting to run me over. Alright, let's go across the road. Uh, yeah, it's overcast. I was hoping to get some good light underneath the uh, underneath the overcast sky just as just before the sun sets. I don't know if I'm gonna be that lucky. I'm in my uh, local neighborhood, Mont Albert. Leafy, quiet, sometimes too leafy and sometimes too quiet. Yeah, there's some doors. I've been looking at these doors for years. I should probably take a photo of them before they turn this building into apartments. Loving artificial 
light at the moment. I've never really been a flash person, but the Fuji's got a flash on it and I do enjoy flashing people. And uh, the Digis. The Digis got a, a flash on it. Some people having an argument in, in the public toilet. We could go over and have a listen, couldn't we? They could be. They could make for interesting radio, even though it's not radio. Yeah. Boring. Alright. Good old Mont Albert. Not even five o'clock. Nobody here. Everyone's gone home to their McMansions and fireplaces. Wait for that flash to charge. Nice autumn scene in the window of uh, Vinnie's. Vinnie's is a opportunity shop. realize I've been chewing this whole time. Well, sucks to be you. <sighs> so yeah, I was hoping cut through some back streets, head towards Box Hill, see if there's any more hard rubbish. happen. I don't think I'll be using Russell. They use the uh, turncoat camera. Shh, don't tell anyone. The train shop. Yes, you heard me. It's a train shop for people who like trains and books about trains. Train spotters, I guess you'd call them. It's cold and windy, and I refuse. It's not, oh Jesus Christ, it's not winter yet. I refuse to pull out my winter coat until it's winter. Oh, I guess I, my arms freeze off and I won't be able to pull my winter coat out. So there's that. This is dodgy hotel or motel. Ugh, it's so It's worthy of a photo. Fuji, shot off on the Fuji. 
now the other camera whose name shall not be mentioned Alright, well I don't know if you heard that, but that was one of my arms freezing and um, falling off my body and shattering on the ground. Just like uh, the Terminator T1000 and Terminator 2, that just happened. I'm, like I said, I don't know if the mic picked it up, that actually just happened. It's alright, I'll get Ethan to 3D print me another one. It'll be all good. So. Here's the situation. The light is nearly gone. The sky looks good. Um, I've lost an arm and quite frankly I've lost the will to live. It's cold and let's get an update on that temperature. 13 degrees. See it was 14 before that was fine but you know as soon as it went down to 13 that's when my arm, uh, you know, froze and snapped off. You know, it's a shame. I was quite attached to that arm. Oh, there's the. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you saw it, but I took a photo with the Digi the other night. Little Australia vest, not vest. It's a, Jersey. Someone's hung it on a fence. Taking a photo with the Fuji. Flash on. How far away is it? One and a half meters. That's good. Sounds great. There we go. Not far from home now. I think this will be it. Ah, the street lights have turned on. Hello painted arrows, took a photo of you earlier, farewell painted arrows. Oh Alright this is it, I'm done. Basically home, here's some leaves, kicking some leaves. If anyone wants leaves for their, for their um, cyanotypes. Drop me a DM. I got millions of the mother things. Oops, I didn't lock that door. I'm cold.